Hello, everybody, and welcome into the second episode of the Reborn, Revitalized, and Rebooted Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley. Now, I'm alone here today, but that's okay because we have quite a bit to talk about, about the Patriots I, bemusing week one loss to the Miami Dolphins. Now, I'll open it up by talking about this, about the thing that I think most fans would like to reflect on the most, talk about the most, and that is that Mac Jones <laughs> looked really good. Like, I'll give it to him. Like, I will say that. If the Patriots have any, there's any, and I'm not the only person to say this. This is the most surface level take you can make, but make it. Like, Mac Jones looked really good. Now, the first drive, they come out. They don't, they don't pass the ball. They run the ball a few times. Damon Harris looked pretty good. We'll get to Damon Harris, but looked pretty good at the start. And then Mac Jones is, I don't remember his first, or maybe it was a second pass attempt. I don't remember quite. It was on the first drive. And he, <laughs> he has a pressure coming on him. He throws the ball backwards. In fairness, in my dumb idiot brain, I went, Oh, that's really smart. Oh, there was a back right there. Oh, that's just, that, that, that's throwing it away, right? Oh, my God. That's really smart, Mac. Why? Wow, you won't lose any yards. Oh, why, why is the guy jumping on it? Oh. But <laughs> after I put that together and realized that Mac Jones, quite like myself, did not understand that that was a fumble. It was concerning. But in all honesty, that was the most concerning thing for Mac Jones all day because other than that that was really the only moment in that game where he looked like a rookie where he looked like a guy making his first ever start in the NFL where it looked like maybe there was a chance he was going to shit his pants and just not be able to do it because after that he looked fine <laughs> like he at worst looked fine and he at best was impressive in a lot of spots now the offense only put up 16 points so I don't want to sit here and gush and anoint him the next Brady and really, really, really lay it on thick when you're like, well, he passed for, he only had one touchdown, the offense put up 16 points, and they lost. But, and we'll get into this, I really, I don't put, like, I can't put the loss on Mac at all. I really can't, because, like, this version of Mac Jones, for the most part, looks like about the best version of Mac Jones I felt like any of us could have reasonably expected. Like, this is about as good as I feel like you could have expected this guy to be. And I and a lot of people fe felt, or maybe still feel, when we'll get to that, feel like, th like this level of quarterback play is a level that they can win with. Not necessarily be a 12 or 13 win team. I'm still getting used to 17 game season, but not necessarily be a 12, 13 win team that has a, you know, is a favorite to make the t conference title game. But if the defense can play up to its, to the level that it, up to its talent level and the offense can, you know, obviously put up more points, but keep kind of at least playing with this kind of rhythm and clean up some of the stakes, like, I feel like they can win with this. Or at least, again, even if that turns out to not be true, I just feel like this is as much... Like, this level of play is the best you can expect out of Mac Jones. And seeing it from him in week one, like, that's... 
obviously encouraging. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, really, really, really hype up the Dolphins, but that's a team with, at the very least, two excellent cornerbacks in Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Two excellent cornerbacks, by the way, who are both playing for their team right now, and I'll get into that in a bit, but... I, I don't know. Like, it wasn't as if he wasn't under pressure. Like, that was one of the more impressive things for me about Mac Jones, too, in this game. And it's something that... I always... I always reject... People really, really, really harping on quarterbacks for taking a lot of checkdowns, taking a lot of underneath stuff, like, taking short passes. Because to me, especially for a rookie, again, like, seeing the way Mac Jones... Like, continuously found his backs, his slot guys, his tight ends, while he was under pressure. Even if it was just for gains of two, three, four, five yards. Consistently was, I, to me, it was really impressive. To me, Like, again, like, he didn't look like a rookie. He didn't seem like, he, he, when he was under pressure, he didn't panic. It seemed like he was at least going through his reads and he... He found guys instead of taking sacks, instead of throwing the ball away, instead of losing yards, not getting yards. Like, in those situations, repeatedly, Mac Jones was making those throws. And that, to me, is a good sign. That's good decision-making. That's the kind of thing that the, that, the re, that the great quarterbacks do. And those little things add up. So that was one thing that really impressed me about Mac Jones. The, I mean, obviously, the accuracy was there. The really like again like the lack of the lack of bad throws like there really was only one or two like there was one throw to Jacoby Myers that should have been picked off that Jacoby Myers then knocked down then knocked <laughs> then maybe decided he could catch it again knocked it back up in the air then kind of smartened up and knocked it back down again that was a bad throw or is the wrong route but I mean I'm not gonna give I'm I'm willing to entertain the idea that the rookie quarterback making his first start just had a bad throw. But I mean, other than that, like, again, like, very few, very, very, very few plays that made me go, ugh, oh, this is a young guy. Here are the growing pains. And I'm sure those are going to come. They're going to come. It's going to happen. Somebody's going to throw something at him that... That confuses him, or just he's gonna, I, he's gonna have an off day. Rookies do it. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, well, now they're getting this at least this or more every single week. I think that would be a little foolhardy of us to assume. But so far, like I don't know, Mac Jones, like a okay so far, and we've spent a long time saying like mm, they can just get like average to slightly above average quarterback play. This team can win. They didn't get that last year out of Cam Newton. If they can get that out of Mac Jones, like that, you know, like that's about as much as I feel like they can expect. And so far, Mac's delivering on that. So, you know, two, two big thumbs up for Mac Jones in week one. Now, if you just want to listen to this show, because you are excited by Mac Jones and you wanted to hear the Mac Jones love fest and rejoice in it 
and revel in it and think, oh my god, they found their quarterback, and that's all you wanted, I would suggest you stop listening to the show now. You can tweet at me, at Jake R. Elmsley. Give me your Mac Jones love. Tell me I'm not loving it enough. Tell me I'm being too reasonable. Tell me we should really be losing it about this guy. Tell me. But if that's all you wanted, you should stop listening to the show now. <laughs> to turn it up and go, wow, great show. Love hearing about Mac Jones. Love the guy. Can't wait for week two. But if not, if you want to hear the rest, which is quite a bit more to talk about, let's continue. And just to start that, like all all the Mac Jones love aside, God, that like that was such a bad loss. <laughs> like this feel like this is just a terrible. The way they lost this game sucks. Like, it's horrible. From top to bottom. I mean, obviously the biggest thing, the Damian Harris fumble in the red zone. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. I'm, I'm glad I, I'm glad it wasn't Mac throwing an interception. I mean, if the game ended because Mac threw an interception, oh my god, this would be way worse. I feel, we at least, we wouldn't have had the sweet, sweet feeling of, wow, Mac Jones is good, to kind of carry us all through like a day or two before it really sunk in that you lost to the Dolphins at home week one by one point because you couldn't punch it in at the very end. <laughs> Mac throwing the interception, we would have been like, oh man, Mac, oh man, Mac's a rookie, oh man, he might... Oh man, Max a rookie, that sucks, and they lost. We would have all immediately left the bar angry. At least we were able to leave, kind of, you know, have a little bit of optimism before we kind of thought about the greater picture. But, once you get into that greater picture, really, really, really ugly. And it kind of, and it's tough because it feels like they were let down in not quite every area, but almost the Patriots, the Patriots, Kind of let themselves down in almost every area, at least in some part. Besides Mac Jones, who again, I really, I don't put this on. Like, I really, I don't put the loss on. I, I really, I just, I don't. I really, just, I don't put this loss on Mac Jones really much at all. So. Let's kind of get into... Those spots where they did let themselves down. I mean, again, A, the fumbling bad. Like, like that's, that's the easiest thing. Like, fumbling in the red zone. End of game. Bad. Fumbling in the second quarter. Bad. <laughs> Losing possessions. No, again, for an offense that is not going to be explosive. They're not going to put up 40. Again, Mac Jones is not going to be Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be Tom Brady. Like, again, at best this season, he's going to be a game manager plus. And again, like, that's at best. Realistically, if you can be a game manager, it's a win. If you can be a game manager plus whatever that is, like, if you can be, again, be an average quarterback, great. But teams with average quarterbacks can't be giving up possessions. Teams that, ha that ha are getting average quarterback play and getting, you know, that average offensive output can't be losing games... Where the defense, who again, we're going to talk, I have plenty to say. There's a lot to put on the defense, but a defense that in the end gave up 17, that only gave up 17 points. Like, these are the kind of games they were losing last year. 
And we did not like it. <laughs> it was not fun. And I can't be affording to do that this year. Now. Where... Now, the fact they gave up 17 points is good. But it's, so, but it's odd the way that they did it. It really is odd, because I think the thing that, re that the Patriots really failed at in this game was the situation was situational football. The Patriots, it felt like almost all of their biggest, like all, almost all, not all of the bad, but a lot of the bad for the Patriots came, yeah, again, in the situational areas where they have been so good and so precise and have routinely, like, outsmarted other teams, outplayed other teams, just looked, you know, better and more put together than other teams over the last 20 years. But to, but in this game, they just they just didn't. Like, let's look at the, the Dolphins' three scoring drives and where they came. They came on the Dolphins' opening drive, which I think was their best offensive drive of the game, maybe. Where Tua went down the field, they they were slicing you open, and they scored. Which, you, you know, you almost give that up to them. You you know, you spent a lot of, you spent a lot of money on this defense, but maybe you give it up to them. You know, those are the plays they've been scripting like for three weeks in camp. Like whatever, like that that's the best. That is their best shot. But you gave it up. Then you gave up points going into the half, and you gave up a touchdown coming. Out of the half. Which, again, whenever the Patriots have done that, when the Patriots have deferred, gotten the ball right before halftime, scored, came out, gotten the ball to start the half, gone down and scored again, people, people, including myself in a lot of spots, have reveled in it. Talked about how smart they are. How brilliant it is. How they've outplayed the other team. How Belichick is playing checkers because baby, they got the double score. And nobody else can figure that out. Secret formula out. And the Dolphins would have did it on you. They did it on you there. And that was it, by the way. That was it for them scoring in this game. <laughs> again, they only scored on three possessions. But again, it was opening drive. Drive going into the half. Drive coming out of the half. Which again, have routinely been areas where the Patriots have been very good. And then... You know, fumble, you fumble the ball. A little bit. A little, little fumble action. <laughs> In the red zone. Driving to tie the ball up. Excuse me. Driving to put yourself ahead. In a situation where kicking the field goal also puts you ahead. So it's not like you're desperate for the touchdown. And again, fumble the ball there. Turn it over. And then... You still have the Dolphins pinned back. They take a penalty. You have all three timeouts. And again, in this situation, after again, the defense has not given anything up. The whole half outside of the opening drive, really, the defense has again bottled the Dolphins up. You let them get a... You, after they get a penalty, and they're on like first and 14, first and 15, you let them give a, a big pass to Devontae Parker... Then you let them run it up the middle, get a first down. They run it up the middle three times again. They just run it straight up the middle, which is exactly what everybody in the world knew they were going to do. 
You give up that first down, you burn all three of your timeouts, and the game's over! And that's it, and it's just... Again, it's so tough because looking at this game, looking at this, this, the statue and all that, it's not like the Dolphins dominated you in any way. Like, in any specific area. They only had... It sure feels like the run defense was bad, and it was bad in the, in the in the spots where it mattered, but the Dolphins only rushed for 74 yards. They only rushed for 3.2 yards per carry as a team. Tua only passed for barely 200 yards. They didn't really apply a bunch of pressure to you. Again, they only... I mean, there was pressure, but they only sacked Mac Jones one time. Like, you ran the ball fine. You outproduced them in every stat, really. The Patriots had more passing yards, more rushing yards. Better pass rushing numbers. More tackles for loss, like... All of it. But you just... Inst- the Patriots failed again in just every key situation in the game that would, did not involve Mac Jones. They just didn't get it done. And that is so counter to everything that they've done. In pre, Pre-Cam Noon. Everything they did, you know, in the last... I, I don't really know what that says. It just... It just sucks to lose that way to the Dolphins because, again, it feels like there have been a lot of times. Dozens of times. Where you've beaten the Dolphins for the exact same reason. Where you've beaten the teams like the Jets and all that for the exact same reason. So, I don't know. Like, that... Like, that's why this game is frustrating. That's why, even though, again, there's no real... aren't any real eye-opening stats that you look at and you go, that's why they lost. But, again, it still feels like it's worth... Harping on the run defense that, yes, you didn't give up a ton of yards on the ground, but in the situations where you shouldn't have, you did. You let them go up and down on you when it mattered. The run defense, and again, they brought in Devin Godshow. They drafted Christian Barrymore, who actually I thought looked pretty good in this game. They added a ton of guys in the front seven. Didn't work. The pass defense was... Again, I don't want to sit here and completely harp on them, but the tackling wasn't great. Over, is a stat, over 100 of Tua's yards came after the catch, which says, A, Tua's not a very good passer. Two, Dolphins receivers are pretty damn good. And three, that the tackling was just not there today. And I, another thing, I'll get into the big reason why in a minute. But the tackling for the Patriots was not there in the secondary, which you... Have to hope that at least gets better. That that aspect of it at least kind of improves a little bit. Because, you know, maybe, you know, they come out of camp, haven't had a lot of live contact, but they have. There's been a preseason this year. So I have no idea, but the tackling in the secondary was bizarrely bad. And yeah, again, even though they only gave up 17 points... And it feels like this great defensive performance that they wasted. Like, I, like, I, I don't know. They just, they didn't get it done in the important parts of the game, which is not what you want to see. And they, and they fumbled the ball in the red zone, which is again, just terrible.
<laughs> just, just terrible. Just, it sucks. It sucks. I don't know if I want to blame Damian Harris because the guy looked so gassed and he carried, that he touched the ball. It was, what, his 25th touch of the game? But I mean, like, it, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And they clearly, like, Ramondre Stevenson fumbled the ball and Belichick crossed him off of the roster for the rest of the game because that guy did not get another carry the whole game. And really, like, after those two, your running backs are Brandon Bolden, who I assume is there for special teams, and then James White, who obviously you're not isn't really running the ball between the tackles. Also James White, random thought, but I felt like James White, they, they barely used James White in the first half of the game. Like, the offense... De- like, it felt like when the... Like, it felt like James White barely touched the ball until the second half, which I didn't enjoy seeing. That's really it. Like, I don't really have any other <laughs> big takes in that. It just felt like James White wasn't involved that much. So it's like that, but then I'm like, oh, there's James White. Oh, look at him go. Look at him catch those passes. Thanks for not going to Tampa, James. Wow. Happy to have you here, buddy. But, yeah, they fell in the situation, hilarious. Now, also, what might have helped them in this game, I'd say, would potentially be the presence of their best Probably just the best player on the team? In Stefan Gilmore? Who is on the PUP list right now. Which... Which... I don't think he's really hurt. But I think that somebody, be it Stefan Gilmore, or the Patriots are just really, really taking this, um, this, this, we'll call it negotiation, this little contract issue that they're having a little bit too far. Because, and I'm not even fully blaming Stefan Gilmore, because I'll fully believe that, I also fully believe that he told Belichick he wanted a new contract, Belichick said no, he said he's not coming, he went, oh yeah, I'll put you on the PUP list. And then you can't play till week six, and then you'll still get half of your salary for the season for free. That'll show you. But. My God. Like, I have to think that they would have been better with Stefan Gilmore. I mean, they would have been. I have to think that, like, you know, in a game where you lost by one point, and your secondary specifically did not look good. That having your best player, who happens to be a quarterback, who happens to be a former defensive player of the year, I don't know, might have made a difference. And that maybe the Patriots, after spending like a bajillion dollars in free agency, could have just given Stefan Gilmore a salary bump. Give him, give him some extra dough, which I know, you know, would set a terrible precedent and destroy the culture of the team and make everybody look like a fool that you can just ask for money all the time and would really break from their tradition of last year doing the same thing <laughs> for the exact same player. But instead, they did it. And now look at them. Their second quarter is Jalen Mills, who had one cool play that would have looked less cool if he hadn't just been burnt by Devontae Parker to begin with. But besides the point, 
Not to, not, not, well, I, I was gonna say not to keep bringing up the Dolphins, but I suppose I should probably bring up the Dolphins quite a bit in a analysis of the game where they lost to the Dolphins, but, you know, you know who recovered the fumble? That, you know who recovered the fumble that lost the Patriots the game? It was, it was Xavier Howard. <laughs> you know, the Dolphins' number one corner. Who asked for more money. Who they then took care of and made sure he'd be on the field week one. And look at that! <laughs> he recovered the fumble that... Won the Dolphins the game, and I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I am saying it. I am saying that. You know what? Getting it. I was gonna say. Oh, I'm not trying to say. It's just kind of funny to mention. But no, no, I am trying to say. You know, maybe have it when you have an all-pro corner. You know, getting him on the field instead of not on the field is probably conducive to winning football games. I don't know. Just a real hot take of mine. But, now the Patriots, again, maybe it's Gilmore who did it, but I don't know, the Patriots are the ones who can put people on the lists. I've kind of screwed themselves out of having the number one cornerback for six weeks now, instead of maybe just paying the guy. A little bit, again, I don't want to extend Gilmore, I mean, I, I'm not saying I want him to add years, but just, you know, throw him a little, little bag of money. Give him a little, little tiny, little tiny bag of money to... Sweeten the pot for him this season. Just have that be it. Nobody will be angry. Nobody won't ruin your culture. You just you give guys money sometimes, and that's okay. So I don't know. You know, that's my little my little Stefan Gilmore, uh, you know, little little Stefan Gilmore takes right there. But besides him, like and speaking of, you know, people who the Patriots did spend money on. I don't I don't want to like do this every week. Right, like go around the like go around the roster and just kind of really, really dive in on every single guy they added this offseason and go, good, bad, look at all this money they spent. Good, bad, but we're gonna do that right now, kind of. Yeah, probably just kind of gonna say good or bad. Uh Nelson Aguilar looked pretty good. He sure caught balls. Sure looked like a competent NFL receiver. Which is um which is sure nice. To have on this roster, which has really not had that last couple years. Jonu Smith, the times he he got the ball, besides when he fumbled. The fumble was recovered, though, so it's okay. But besides the time he fumbled, which he fumbled, by the way, doing a sick flip. Because <laughs> he looks pretty... Because that, that dude is ridiculously athletic, so he did a pretty sick flip. But he also fumbled the ball doing a sick flip, so I, I don't know. Bad, but like he... He looked good. I'd like, to, I'd like to see them work him in more. I'd like to see more of that because it seemed like, you know, he got the ball and then... It seemed like every time he got the ball, he just got a little, little explosive. A little explosive. Hunter Henry. Less. Less. Less so impactful, which I believe he's coming off of an injury or something, but... Only three targets. I've been told the run blocking was pretty good, but... Eh. <laughs> Which, to me, is a little concerning that it, which concerns me a little bit about how they're going to work both of these guys in. I know that this is New England who invented having two tight ends. 
First team to ever use two tight ends effectively. But at the same time, but I really, I'd like to see after they again went out and spent a ton of money to get both of these guys, who I think it would, they were good additions, but I'd like to, you know, be able to understand more kind of what the plan is to utilize both of these guys in a way where it's worthwhile to have both of them. Again, as opposed to maybe having spent the money for one of them and bringing a wide receiver. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not criticizing it yet. Like, I'm, like I, still, I still like the additions. I'm just saying that, you know, week one, eh. You didn't get great production out of either of them. And it, I, I don't know. I'd just like to see them be more effective together. The two of them. Uh, Kendrick Bourne did nothing. Whatever. <laughs> Bourne did nothing. Now, Matt Judon was sick. <laughs> like, the numbers on Matt Judon aren't all that impressive. But, like, it... He was there all the time. Oh, my God. Like, I feel like, you know, pass rush is one of those things that is kind of hard to evaluate. Like, unless a player just had a crazy performance, just has a bunch of sacks. But, like, when a guy doesn't have... Doesn't put up huge numbers... It, it's one of those things I feel like you have to, you really have to look at the game. You really have to look at the tape. Ah, I felt like Matt Judon was everywhere, which was cool. I mean, Matt Judon feels sick. Like, Matt, Matt Judon felt pretty sick, which is nice on a, on a day where Chandler Jones had five sacks. To feel like, ah, but look at them, though. They also have a, uh, they also have a little, little pass rush, <laughs> little pass rush guy going on. I mean, outside of him, like, again, like Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills, really any of Jalen Mills' failures? aren't really his own because Jalen Mills should not be the number two cornerback ever. So the fact that he's like, like he's like, I don't know, at best, like Deron Harmon plus. So the fact that he's like not succeeding as a number two corner, not his fault. Should be in that position to begin with, but alas, he's doing his best (laughs) is what I'm saying about Jalen Mills. And then I mean, again, like, God, I don't know, like, God shall, eh. Again, like, the run, like, the run, it felt like Miles Gaskins was gashing him every time he carried the ball, but also only rushed for 50 yards. So, again, it kind of just comes back to, like, that, oh, man, they really, really just couldn't stop the run again. When the Dolphins just had to run the ball three times to get you to burn your timeouts, and you couldn't stop them from getting a first down. Frustrating stuff. But, and that's kind of my unscientific, uh, you know, ring... Ring around the analysis of uh, Patriots free agency signings. So, with that out of the way, as we kind of look towards next week and the few and the rest of the month and all that, it again, it's just the more you look at it, the worse, the worse of a loss this becomes. Because again, obviously, like. Because, again, the Patriots, like, they're not a juggernaut now. They're not going to walk backwards into 12 wins and be fine. Like, they, they, you know, we saw it last year. Like, seeding mattered. Like, the Patriots were alive in the playoffs. Or at least alive to make the playoffs for quite a while last season. Like, of all, again, all the bad things we can say, they were alive much longer than they had any business being. And then they dropped some games in the middle of the year to, like, the Dolphins and teams like that. And then they're out of it. And they're going to need to win those games this year. And obviously losing this game, eh, bad. But, again, I think they can make the playoffs. I think they can win more games than they lose. But, 
again, like this isn't the Brady era where you're like, ah, you know, if they lose this game, it's fine because they're going to hit hit their stride mid-October and then rattle off like 9 of 10 and they'll be fine. And they'll be fine. It's not going to happen. They don't have the margin of error like that because they don't have a great quarterback. And with this loss, like it kind of does put them in a position where they could very realistically go one and three to start the season. Because like next, they're playing the Jets this week, and I don't, I don't, I don't really want to get into that too much because I, I, don't, I think the Jets are bad, and I think the win, like that's, <laughs> that's my in-depth kind of preview of the Jets, but. I mean, if they lose that game, God, God help us all. But, assuming they win that game. After that, you play the Saints, who look incredible, led by, led by 2020 Jameis Winston and his new, brand new LASIK eyes. Who looked ridiculous. Who <laughs> looked ap- like an absolute unit. And maybe that doesn't carry on, but I, um, I'm going by what's in front of me, and they crushed the Packers. And Javis looked real, real good. And the Patriots secondary couldn't hold uh, back Tua. I don't know. That one will be a toughie. And then you're playing the Buccaneers, who I myself am just penciling that game in for a loss. Because there's anything I've learned in my my 24 years of life. I'm 24 now, by the way. Wish me a happy birthday. But in my 24... I turned 24 on Saturday, so wish me a happy birthday. But in my 24 years of life, that uh, Tom Brady, when driven by spite, just... Uh, duh, duh, nah. Just just a different animal. And I got to imagine that Tom Brady is coming in... Coming in filled with nothing but anger and spite. Which does not bode well... For the New England Patriots. So that gave me, person, and they're a really good team, by the way. And they're a really great team. But I don't care about that. I care more about the spite. That's the X factor in this game. I'm sure Belichick will be spiteful, too. But I'm just like, ah, man, I've seen, man, there's, nope. <laughs> Ch- chalking that one up to a loss until I see otherwise. So, again, like, it's just like, because they lost this game, yeah, you very easily come out of the month, I mean, technically, Enter October, because the Buccaneers game is on October 3rd, I'm now seeing. But either way, come out of the first quarter of the season, or, you know, one 3.8888888 of the season. Or what is 4 divided by 17? I'll tell you right now what it is. We have technology. The first 23% of the season... Sure, I don't think my math is right at all. One and three, which isn't great. <laughs> it, you know, isn't great. And again, like, it's a position to kind of put them in themselves here because they failed to execute in a lot of spots where they usually don't fail to execute. So, not great. And then it just kind of that, it's kind of the final thing. It begs the question of, I talked about it earlier, that, like, this is a version of Mac Jones that, like, was, like, optimistic to hope for. The version that we got this week. Assuming that, you know, if this is who he is. This was like the optimistic version of Mac Jones. Where he comes in, he's as pro-ready as everybody talked about. 
He's accurate, makes good decisions, and he genuinely like is not losing you games and not making, not doing stupid things. They have that, and they spent a bunch of money on defense, and they brought in some better weapons that at least have a good running game, good pass protection, all that. Like we went like that's the formula that they want to use to win, and now we question like can they win like this? Because they got Mac Jones, who again was the only thing that was. Object that in the kicking game was eh, Jake Bailey had a bad punt in this game, but it's fine. He was rusty <laughs> Like on offense and defense Mac Jones was like the one thing that I had that there were no issues with Genuinely that I can find poke very few holes in like relative like what the expectation was and all that You can win with a good defense and a good running game and I fought in an okay quarterback. It's possible but like you know they need those other things to play up to the expectation, to play up to, again, like, the investment that they made. So, hopefully they beat up on the Jets next week, as they often have throughout history. You know, you maybe the Patriots have a bad week, you feel bad, then they go and beat up on the Jets, and you feel great. Maybe they will. But, you know, I don't want to say I want to see a more Patriot-like performance, but yeah, yeah, you know what I do. Like, I don't like getting too into, like, the, you know, the, the Patriot way, like, all that kind of rah, rah, rah stuff. But, like, I, you know, yeah, like, I'd like to see them execute a little bit. I'd like to see them at least look, again, like a well, like a team, like a well-coached team. Like a team that, you know, allegedly has the best coach in the game. Like, they did, like, they did, again, they did not look like a well-coached team. They did not look like a defensive-minded team. They didn't look like these things that they're supposed to be is the problem. And I just, I, I would like to see more of that. See, I would like to see those things against the Jets. So, that's it. <laughs> that's the show. Thank you for listening. I'm still not quite settled on what day is going to be the day. It's probably either going to be Tuesday or Wednesday. I just have a chance to record this week. I apologize. But, Something like that. But either way, uh, follow me on Twitter at Jake R. Elmsley. Let me know if there's anything you want to hear about. If there's anything you, if you think I'm really smart and this is the best analysis you've ever heard in my life. If you think I'm an idiot and you want to tell me why I'm wrong. Either way, I love engagement. Please tell me. By the way, this has been the, the, the reborn, revitalized, and rebooted stadium experience with Jake Elmsley. And I will see you all next time.